Greetings and salutations and welcome to another episode of the Cult Spark podcast. We promised you last week we would be back in a week to record our take on Mission Impossible Fallout. So that's what we're here to do. My name is Bob Taylor. I'm your host. I'm joined as usual by my friend Stuart Smith. Now we're going to talk a bit about expectations in this podcast because I want to make something clear. I feel like for the next half hour, I'm going to be gutting this movie and talking about what I don't like about it. But that's partially because I know Stu likes it and we're going to get in there. We, we want to get not just to automatically go against you, Stu, but we want to I want to present some different sides of how Fallout could be looked at. But here's the thing. I think this is a good movie. I didn't do a review, a print review, because I didn't go to an advanced screening for it. I saw it when everybody else did over the weekend. Uh, on my Letterboxd, I keep a I keep a film journal at Letterboxd uh, at RB Taylor. If you want to look for me there, I gave it three and a half stars, which is like a seven out of ten. I think this movie's comparable to Fate of the Furious. It's a good, sturdy installment of an action franchise I like, but not my favorite installment. Not not the best I think the franchise could be. And the thing is, is Stu, I don't know what you read before Mission Impossible Fallout opened, but after critics started seeing it and the social media embargo ended and the review embargo ended, all I saw was this is the best action film since Fury Road and easily best of the saga and one of the best American action films in history. And my expectations went through the roof. So coming out of the movie, which I think is a solid to good movie, I felt disappointed because I don't even think it's in the top two of its own franchise. So, let's do, let's just get into our general opinions. You love the film more than me, correct? Uh, yeah, I loved it to death. Um, I'm seeing it again. Uh, well, it's Thursday when we're recording this. Seeing it, seeing it tomorrow again. Uh, and I can't wait. I just, I was thrilled from minute one. I mean, it's just, it never stops. Uh, they do stuff in this movie that I just I have never seen done practically to this level in an action movie. Uh, and by practically, I mean, like, you know, using actual actors and doing stunts and not just, you know, a bunch of CG nonsense. Um, uh, I used to think that it was just kind of like some sort of made up cliche when people would say, oh, it's so intense, you'll hold your breath. But I, I was literally there were two different points during the helicopter chase finale that I literally was like, Oh God, no, I need to start breathing again. I'm literally, I'm just, I'm sitting here holding my breath and like people in the theater were, you know, clutching their, you know, clutching their hands to their chest and like covering their mouth and gasping. I mean, it was just, it was a part of it is, you know, it was just a great theater experience, which is rare these days. Uh, but I, I just, I loved it. I, I feel like it was in a lot of ways kind of the ultimate, ultimate refinement of so many mission impossible elements because I mean, it's, it's not flawless. I mean, there are definitely some things that I would have, you know, would have liked to have seen done better or differently. I mean, there are so many, I think mission impossible two at this point is the only one in the entire series, uh, where hunt and his team, like aren't disavowed, aren't on the run, you know, aren't like getting in trouble with, you know, the higher ups or whatever, uh, which is hilarious. Cause it's like the worst one in the series is the only, is the only one where they're on like a regular mission the whole time. 
uh, you know, so I, I, I'm really, I am, you know, weary of the whole, you know, they get disavowed every time, uh, type thing. So, you know, there, there's definitely some stuff that I would, would have done differently, but I just, the level of spectacle, uh, the way that they handle the characters, uh, you know, these, these, uh, this group finally feels like actual characters now. Uh, which is something that you can't really say about most of these. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, they have defining characteristics and stuff, but I mean, we've, we've finally spent enough time and there is such a great rapport, uh, between these actors that, you know, th- this, this feels like the most lived in iteration, uh, you know, of Hunt and Benji and Luther and, and that whole core group. So yeah, it just, uh, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, can't wait to see it again. Okay, I, I actually agree with a lot of that. And because it makes for an interesting show, I want to spend a lot of time pointing out some of the things I had problems with or some of the things that I think holds this movie back where other Mission Impossibles weren't held back. But first, let's talk about the stuff I liked and the stuff I agree with you about. Characters, I mean, fantastic. I don't get tired of Ethan. I don't get tired of Benji. I don't really get tired of Luther. I certainly, certainly don't get tired of um, uh, Ilsa, who's wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, it's a joy seeing these characters on screen and being put through the ringer again. Um, I Some of the action scenes were fantastic. I love the bathroom fight. I think it's a fantastic action sequence, a fantastic fist fight. I mean, I can't remember the last time that, a, that an American an American made action film had a fist fight that felt that brutal. Yeah. Uh, like it was like every, every, you know, impact you felt. I mean, there was just, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, Chris McQuarrie does so well as a director, uh, is these, uh, you know, the sensation of weight and momentum in his action scenes. Yeah, I mean, you see that most, the most in, uh, you know, in his motorcycle and car chases. Uh, but you really see it here too. I mean, he's, he's able to translate that, you know, into a, a fairly stationary, uh, fist fight. And that, that's something that not a whole lot of, of action directors can do. I like that it doesn't feel choreographed. It's almost the opposite of something like John Wick. And you know how I feel about the John Wick saga. I love those yes. movies. And I am a big fan of gorgeous, highly choreographed stunt scenes or action scenes yeah it, it does it, but, it does feel improvised but, but there's something to be said for a fight scene like this which doesn't feel heavily choreographed it just feels like three dudes wailing on each other and sort yeah. of a spastic hectic scene and i think action films can succeed either direction as long as you do it well and i think this one really succeeds in that direction of doesn't feel choreographed doesn't feel sketched out feels like these guys are just hanging on to dear life trying to you know, get a punch in on the other guys. Right. And it ends with a really great, uh, dark joke, uh, which, <laughs> which, which I was, think takes, uh, when, uh, when Ilsa shoots the guy in the face. Oh yeah. 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 And then, and then <laughs> Walker's like, to, think you can still make a mask out of that. I need a face yeah, to make a mask. Right. I, I love that whole scene. It's probably, it's definitely, it's my great. Favorite, it's definitely my favorite action sequence in the movie. It might be my favorite scene in the movie. So what we're going to do is I'm going to point out some of the things that I didn't love so much about it, and I want you to agree or refute. <laughs> All right. 
Part of my problem is prove me wrong. Yes. Part of my problem is is that when McQuarrie, when Christopher McQuarrie, the writer and director, came, decided to direct another one after Rogue Nation, which is the this is the first time that a filmmaker has directed two installments in the series. And when he decided to make Fallout, there was a lot of talk about him making it a, a, a darker film, a little more serious Mission Impossible, maybe not quite as breezy fun as the last two, which I think he does, but I don't think it goes far enough. I don't think it's as dark as he thinks he, it is. I don't think the stakes are as high as he thinks they, they are. I absolutely think that Luther should have died in the opening scene. I think if you really wanted to shake things up six movies in and establish real stakes and establish that Ethan Hunt's lifestyle and job have finally caught up with them, I think you had to make that clear in the first scene before the credits by killing someone we cared about. It probably should be Luther. Ving Rhames is not a young man anymore. He has his knees don't work. It's kind of ludicrous and hard to accept that he's still part of... I know he's a computer guy, but it's hard to accept that he's a field agent on this highly classified American spy team. Don't you think the film could have been benefited and immediately shocked you into, you know, okay, we're doing something different here. This is serious by having... by killing Luther in the opening scenes. I, you know, this is one of those things where I can see it... I can... I understand it both ways. Uh... I think it it definitely would have been shocking. I don't know if it would have made the movie better. It would have just made the movie different, and and that's fine. Different is fine. You know, I if they had, I mean, that is definitely a very bold step, and it's certainly not something that you see often uh, in any kind of you know mega budget blockbuster yeah, but like this. The Fast and Furious <clears throat> series isn't afraid to kill people now because it's Fast and Furious. Sometimes they bring them back. Oh, Michelle Rodriguez that's they do kill people though they do kill people but they're also not like they're not dug in mainstays the way that Ving Rhames is like right Han Han was in one movie when they killed him uh Uh, and then they found no 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 Han dies in his third film technically okay technically but I mean they they kill him in the movie in which he is introduced and then find a way to bring him back. Right. Uh, now, you know, I love Gal Gadot. Uh, I would happily watch a movie, you know, some kind of side shoot prequel, midquel, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, where, where Giselle and Han go off and have, you know, adventures in China or whatever. And, and Gadot uh, also, Giselle also makes it three movies before she's killed. Eh, but I mean, she's she's barely in the fourth movie. Okay. Like I actually, I actually kind of like when she showed up in uh, Fast Five, like I because I had seen Fast and Furious in the theater, and so when she showed up in Fast Five, I was like, who is this? Well, They're making a big deal about her coming. I, I can oh, understand. Right. Well, it's, uh, I mean, I, you know, I can understand that because a nobody likes Fast and Furious, and b the fourth one, and b Gal Gadot was a nobody at that point. Right. She was. So, she was yeah. a nobody. And, you know, I mean, again, it sucks that she died. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd happily keep her around. But, you know, killing her off is not – I would not put it on the same level as having Luther take a bullet. That's you know, fair. Certainly. I'm just going to say people really liked Han and they were trapped into it because he had to die sure. anyway. I, I understand. Uh-huh. I understand it's not quite the same thing. So, I mean, I, you know, but, like, like I said, I, I, I would have been fine if they had done that. I think it would have been really interesting. But I don't know that it would have automatically made the movie better. 
There was I'm I'm currently listening to the Empire Podcast spoiler special with Macquarie. I just started that too. It's really interesting. And apparently there was an offer out for Jeremy Renner to come back. He could he couldn't come back for the full movie because he was too busy with Infinity War. But apparently they had the schedule worked out to where he could have come back and cameoed and died in the opening scene. And he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to be taken out of the franchise, basically, from the sounds of it. But I think even that would have helped this movie. Uh, I would have been I would have been okay with that, partly because I've never liked Brant that much. Which is nuts. Brant is great, but Brant is boring. No, Brant serves. No, no, Brant is so boring. No, <laughs> I I don't know. I just feel like you're six you're six movies into a franchise. I felt like I was kind of promised that Fallout was gonna, you know, take the next step and shake up the status quo. And then I don't really feel like it did any of those things. I feel like it's kind of just a redo of Rogue Nation, not just not quite as good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't shake anything up. But I mean, at the same time, it's like I mean, none of these movies uh, have been drastic departures, really. I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, there there are elements in this one that that are there in the first movie. I mean, it's just you know there there are consistencies. So I. Mean, I you know, I like I said earlier, um, you know, a lot of familiar stuff. To me, this this felt like Macquarie going, okay, I'm going to take everything that's come before and I'm going to try and make it the best that it can be and just kind of make it almost like a, you know, a, a greatest hits sort of thing. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. It, it kind of that's what it feels like to me. I and guess I, think, I guess and you I were just works. okay with that for this movie, and I was less okay with that. With yeah, I mean, with I, I'm movie. I'm fine with it because again, like I said, I mean, well, I mean that that's sort of how these movies have functioned. I mean, the, the way know, I look the, at the, it is mission the of fun. The fun for me comes in with okay, yeah, we know we're gonna have a you know a big stunt. We know we're gonna go like what you know. How are they going to do this? It's like, oh, well, of course, Batman's going to survive. How is Batman going to survive? You know, for, it's it to me, it's that kind of approach. Here's where I'm at. I think they finally figured out what to do with this franchise with Mission Impossible Three. I think Ghost Protocol perfected the formula. I think Rogue Nation was an amazing, fun sequel that built upon that formula. And then now this one, I feel like, is the time when you want to change it up. And they didn't. So there's a little bit of disappointment there. Uh, next thing, Stu. At one point, you called the action scenes nonstop. And man, are you not kidding. Because they don't stop. <laughs> I think the movie's too long. I think the helicopter sequence is too long. No, the helicopter sequence is perfect. I think it's perfect, the, I say. I think the halo jumping scene... I don't like the halo jumping scene at all. Like, not a lot happens in that scene. It goes way too long for what amounts to just two guys jumping down to the top of a building. I understand there's a lightning strike and one of them goes unconscious and there's some action, but see, I actually it don't like the lightning strike part of it. I, yeah, I, I could do without any of that, and I, I honestly hate the joke at the end of that scene where Cavill's like, "What took you so long?" No, nobody's gonna okay. say. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. No, we're correcting something right now. It's Cavill, okay? What I say, Cavill. Cavill. I keep hearing people. I keep hearing people say Cavill. It's Cavill. Cavill. Cav oh god, Cav driving me up the wall. Sorry, Stuart. Cavill up the wall. Cavill, Thank you. Ca Cavill's like Cavill's. What took you so long? Nobody is saying that there. Nobody, no, 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 nobody. no, no. He didn't say. That's not what he said. What he, he said. He made a crack. He made a crack about uh, 
Ethan not having his oxygen tank. Okay, nobody's making cracks after you've just been unconscious and almost died. Sure they do. <laughs> Why wouldn't in. they? It just rang so false to me. And Cavill didn't sell whatever that joke is, which I've clearly forgotten because it's been a week since I, I laughed. Saw it. I thought it was funny. Um, I, I just think the pacing's bad. I love the pacing in Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, and I think the pacing in this one is all off. You really? really yeah. yeah uh, no, that, I completely disagree. And, and this is kind of a tangent to that, but ever since Burj Khalifa in Ghost Protocol, the calling card of the series has been, we're doing these stunts for real. Tom Cruise is going to do them. Uh, they're not going to be done on me on green screen. Uh, you know, of course there are going to be wires and stuff that we digitally erase. We're going to keep him as safe as we can. But when Tom Cruise is climbing on the side of the building or holding onto the side of a plane on takeoff, he's going to really do it. And for a couple of movies that worked fantastic. But honestly, we're at the point for me now where, okay, Tom Cruise really did a halo jump. Okay, fine. I don't think it's that exciting on film, though. Okay, Tom Cruise really flew this helicopter around this sort of mountainside and this valley cut into these hills, and there was another helicopter there. Okay, Tom Cruise really did it, sure. Did you see some of the some of the aerial maneuvers he was doing I, in that, though? Uh, to me, maybe it's just my taste as an action fan. Like... I mean, I would go if I want to see that. I'll go to an like an airplane stunt show or something. Like, do you even like, do you even understand how difficult it is to normally yes, pilot? I a understand helicopter? how difficult that is in real life. I don't think it makes for an incredibly exciting action sequence in a film. You're you're out of your mind, then. Like, I don't it's, know. It's, I don't know what's left to impress you. It's like a helicopter swooping around for like 15 minutes. Okay. I'm sure, I'm impressed Tom Cruise can do that and they can sort of do a free fall on the various aerial moves they did. It's not that exciting of a scene and it goes on way too long. And the example I'm using, I need to come up with a better example because this is not the best example. Uh, and the reason it's not the best example is because there are a lot of practical stunts in Mad Max Fury Road that they did for real. But there's that scene in Fury Road where the sandstorm comes in and a lot of the vehicles are whipped up into the air and all that stuff. That scene is clearly a scene constructed in a computer. That's a computer-generated scene. You know, they didn't send people in trucks up into a sandstorm. And it's as, ex it's as exciting as shit. I love that scene. It's thrilling. Do I care that it was done in a computer? I do not. I just want to see scenes that look real, that look like something I haven't seen before, and are narratively exciting. Tom Cruise, like, kind of flying a helicopter up and down and left and right for 15 minutes is just not exciting to me. I don't care how impressive it is in real life. I was not by, I was not won over by that scene. I was not won over by the halo jump. I would definitely take the bathroom sequence over either of those. And I will definitely take the... There's basically a car chase and two motorcycle chases in this movie. One with Tom and, and one with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. And I, I would take all of those over the helicopter sequence. With the caveat that they need to retire motorcycle chases in this, these movies because enough. No, no, no! I will die on this hill. <laughs> We're up. I will, I will die on this hill. There is nothing more thrilling in terms of vehicular action. Oh, I won't say nothing. That's 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 ridiculous. Tom Cruise on a motorcycle is something that I will always be there for. Let's put it that way. There have been, I, by my count... It could, it, it could literally be a 90-minute movie of nothing but him 
zooming through traffic, and I would be there day one. If they keep making these, that's what it's going to turn into. Because if you count, if you count Fallout as having two motorcycle chases, which I do, there have been four in six movies. We've had four motor, and I, I, I might even be missing one. Is there one in the original film? I don't think no, so. No, there's no, there's no. There's, uh, there's four. There's at least four motorcycle chases in a six movie series. Enough. What's wrong with that? Because There's the, nothing wrong with that. Listen, my Ghost Protocol is my favorite Mission Impossible movie. And the reason it's my there are two reasons it's my favorite. One There's it, no motorcycles. Three reasons it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> One, there are no motorcycles. Two, it's by far the funniest of the saga. And I think these movies work best when they're funny. And that's kind of an interesting thing, too. I think Mission Impossible 3 is the first one where J.J. Abrams said, hey, we can have jokes in these movies, because the first two don't. And then and then Brad Bird made a really funny movie with Ghost Protocol. And then Macquarie has slowly backed down that humor again. Now, I think Rogue Nation has jokes. Rogue Nation's pretty funny. Yeah, Rogue Nation's but, got jokes. Well, and, and, and remember, like remember, too, out, the Macqu- remember, too, that Macquarie did a ton of rewrites yes, on Ghost Protocol. Correct, right, correct. Uh, let me be clear. I think Christopher McQuarrie is an excellent writer and a very good director. So I am pro McQuarrie. And if he wants to do the next Mission Impossible, which we could talk about in, at the end of this, he can do it. But uh, and then, but then I feel like Fallout is kind of backed up even farther from where we were at from four and five humor wise. And I like these movies to be funny. Um, my third reason is is that in Ghost Protocol, even though we have that Burj Khalifa sequence, even though we have the Sandstorm sequence, even though we have the Kremlin prison breakout. It's not so much about the action scenes. It's more about the IMF outsmarting their enemy. It's more about them being spies and outsmarting their enemy. And ever since we've we've moved on from Ghost Protocol, it's gotten less about that and more about what crazy real-life action sequences can we make Tom Cruise do. And I think with Rogue Nation, there's an excellent balancing act of that still. But by the time we get to Fallout... I feel like not enough humor and we're, we're tilting too back to just these sort of overbearing, overlong action scenes. A Mission Impossible movie does not need to be two and a half hours. It just doesn't need to be. Do you have any reply to any of this, Stu? Do you want to tell me to go no, to hell? Seriously, go to hell if you think that Tom Cruise should stop riding motorcycles in these movies. Like, I just, I don't... We've got to come up with some new stuff. New stuff. I'm fine for new stuff. But if you want to like never have another another motorcycle chase, like ever, that's just that's nuts. That's that's nuts. Can that's we have wrong. a can we have a two film, you know, moratorium? I will. I would allow, much as loath as I am to say this, because again, <laughs> Tom Cruise on a motorcycle is a beautiful thing. Uh, we can have a one movie moratorium okay. on motorcycles. All right, I'll, I'll accept just one. Mission 8, you can have him back. But if if Mission 7 comes out in two years and Macquarie's directing and there's a motorcycle chase, you need to come on this podcast and say, you were right, Bob. This is fucked up. I will never do that. I will never <laughs> do that. Ever. All right. All right. Ever. I feel a little bit like all right, this movie is kind of a direct sequel to Rogue Nation. I assume you were happy with that. I'm fine with it. it again, like I said, I, you know, I don't, it didn't. It didn't make the movie better, uh, but I'm fine with it as I'm, I would have been okay if it, it was completely unrelated and I'm fine with it being, uh, being related. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not a stickler like that, even though I do appreciate that, you know, every, 
movie before this one has gone out of its way to, uh, you know, to, to be its own standalone thing. Um, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it works. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that, you know, whatever the next one ends up being, uh, that, that they just kind of, you know, go back to kind of starting fresh as it were. I, and I, you know, and that, and that goes for Macquarie too. Like I, I love Chris Macquarie. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of amazing charting his progress, yeah. uh, as a director, like from, uh, you know, yeah, from way of the gun, but even, even just like from, um, from the first Jack Reacher to now, like how, you know, how much he's grown as an action director just within that short period of time is, is remarkable. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I hope we get some fresh blood, uh, for next time. And what if I told you Jack Reacher was a better action film than Fallout? You're you're nuts. I love I love <laughs> Jack Reacher. I love it, love it, love it. But no, it's not it's not in the same league as this. I prefer Jack Reacher. We're 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 gonna get to that in a minute. I'm gonna put you on the spot about some stuff. But I, I'm fine with it being a sequel. And I actually I kind of still want Macquarie back. I like the idea of. All the Mission Impossibles are standalones and then have different directors, and then all of a sudden, there's the Macquarie trilogy. Like that kind of sounds nice. Solomon Lane's still alive. Yeah, it's got it's got a nice. Well, if, yeah, I mean, it's if, got a nice. It's got a nice. Uh, if to Macquarie's it. like, I have an idea, and I can kind of put my stamp on the saga by making three films that are all sort of tied together. I kind of say, let him do it. Again, I do not dislike Mission Impossible Fallout. I don't like it as much as Rogue Nation, but I think it's a good movie. I think I'd be okay with that. It's kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy scenario, where I, I I really don't like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 very much, but that series was so much James Gunn's series that I was still very much behind him coming and doing the third one, which now looks like it's not going to happen for unfortunate reasons. But it's kind of the similar thing. I don't like Macquarie's second outing with his franchise as much as his first one, but it's good enough, and it's interesting enough, I want him to do another crack at it. My big thing with making this a direct sequel, I didn't mind, but it does invite unfavorable comparisons because I look at it. I'm like, yeah, Solomon Lane's a cool villain, but he's not as cool as he was in Rogue Nation. Ilsa Faust is a tremendous sort of femme fatale, but she's not as cool as she was in Rogue Nation. And so I think it suffers a little bit from that aspect because I definitely think Rogue Nation is the better movie. All right. Rank the Mission Impossibles for me, Stu. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um... You know, honestly, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this. Um, I, you know what? Okay, I it's hard to do this because I I feel like I need to see Fallout again before I can properly rank it. Um, All right. So what you're going to say and what you mean to say is it's in at least in competition to be number one. Is that what it, you're going to tell yes, me? Yes, it it is in. Co- uh, I tell you what, I will let me let me rank the other uh, the other five. Okay. Um, but just. Like Fallout is in the t- is in the top three at the very least, okay. uh, right now. If not, you know, if not the top two, if not the actual top spot. Um, but right now it's it's uh, Rogue Nation, the first one, uh, Ghost Protocol, uh, three two. Okay, I see. For me, it's well, my ranking prior to Fallout was Ghost Protocol. Then Rogue Nation, three, one, two. And I have to give you some props, Stu. I don't know if we have any longtime listeners who remember this, but we actually recorded a podcast talking about 
Rogue Nation when it came out. And at the time, I had two in front of one. And I hadn't seen either of them. Which is insane. I hadn't seen either of them in a long time. And at the time, when we recorded a podcast three years ago, you told me, Bob, if you go back and rewatch those, (laughs) you're going to realize that that one is a much better film than two. And you are absolutely correct. I did rewatch the whole series about six months ago. And I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Because De Palma's original is a million times better than that mess John Woo put together. Mission Impossible 2 is watchable trash. Yeah. Uh, And I still don't love the original Mission Impossible. I still don't think it's a... It's an interesting movie. It's a decent Tom Cruise spy flick, but it doesn't have the team dynamics. It's a little too old-fashioned, which was intentional because it's De Palma. It just... It doesn't super work for me. But it's definitely better than 2. Um... Now, Fallout, I a thousand percent prefer Ghost Protocol. I a thousand percent prefer Rogue Nation. The question is, which one is better between Fallout and MI3? And that's the one I'm going to rate. Oh, for. that's not even close. That's the one I'm going to wait for a rewatch on. That is, let that me is, tell you, not even close. I, let only, me tell okay. you, I really the, enjoy MI3. The I really only enjoy reason, it. The only reason that anyone remembers three at all. Now I will okay. Look, I will give J.J. Abrams credit. He got the series back on track. It's a good it's, movie, Stu. It, it's there. Nothing happens. Yeah. There is the only reason that that movie has, uh, you know, people looking fondly on it is because of Philip Seymour Hoffman, bridge, who is just absolutely who is absolutely dynamite. Is yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. But the bridge sequence is great. It had the team dynamic that was missing from the first two. It starts to bring humor in the series for the first time. It gives us Julia, who which, it's like it's just kind of a nothing movie. There's Julia not much... was a very interesting character that the series is still getting mileage out of. I like that she returned in Fallout. I, she's I an, wait, 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 wait. She's an interesting character in Mission Impossible Three. I think she's an interesting addition. Name, to the... name at least three characteristics <laughs> of her. Other than she's an interesting plot device to do something <laughs> to do something better with e- to do something interesting with Ethan Hunt that hadn't been done before. How about that? Uh huh. Yeah. Hey, she gets. I. You know what I like? You know how at the end of Mission Impossible Three, she's like not scared by the spy stuff, and she dives in, and she's bringing him back to life after she just killed himself. I kind of uh. like that they repeat that in this movie when she sort of dives in to help Luther with the bomb. Like I love. That's that, the is one, one, that is one that's, thing that I really appreciate about that, this movie. That that they was gave a her... cool, yeah, it was a cool callback to, like, Julia's not afraid to get her hands dirty when she has to. Well, and it's just not, I mean, it's like, you know, it's so easy to, I mean, even, I mean, not even necessarily with Julia, but just with, you know, female characters like that in general that aren't, you know, the action heroine or whatever. Right, right. Uh, you know, she has something to do other than just be helpful or uh, helpless. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Um. You know, so I, I I really appreciated that. Um, I I'll concede Fallout is probably the more impressively constructed movie. I would have to. I haven't seen three. I, I watched three again about six, eight, ten months ago. Three feels like a really solid pilot episode for a relaunch of the TV show. When I watched it eight months happened. ago, I really liked it. The problem with three is that the mission. I mean, you don't have, it's the movie Benji was introduced in, but he's barely in it. He's not on the team. 
Um, I like Maggie Q, but then there's like some other dude who no one remembers his name who sucks. Jonathan Reese Myers, who has yeah. like he's just annoying. He yeah, doesn't really have anything. It's bad. To do. It's real. That's bad. But yeah, I, he complains a lot. And like, dude, just listen. Why are you even here? That movie is properly paced and not over long, and sort of started to. That's where the series started to congeal into what it is today, and I'm. I'm not ready to say that Fallout's better. I'm not. Not when I it had. Is better. Not, it's, oh my god! It's so much. Not better. when there was so much, so many things about Fallout that made me sort of cock my head and I wouldn't have done that. And I don't okay. know. I don't know why the scene's stretching out too long. And I don't. You know. But again, we're again we're kind of talking about expectations. I'm sure it sounds like I don't like this movie. And when I think about it, I feel like I'm disappointed in this movie. But the fact it's because I was expecting. The ultimate Mission Impossible film that destroyed the rest of the franchise and was the best action film since Mad Max and blah, 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 blah. It's not any of those things, Stu. I'm sorry. It's just, it's not any of those things. Now, so we'll put you on the spot at the end of this because you did tell me on Facebook, you said in public that this may be the best or is one of the best American-made action films of the last, like, what, 10 years, 20 years? I don't know what it's, to say. It's definitely one of the best right, of, so like, the last 10 years. You're not putting this in front of either John Wick, right? Please, tell me you're not. Um, i probably put it... Look, I love John Wick 2, but it's the same movie as the first movie. No, it's not! It is! It's so it's is not! Thing. It's a great thing to have uh... again. It's a great thing to watch. But the first fundamentally... Movie... The first, film, the first film is a 90-minute revenge flip. The second movie is a two-hour blow-out-the-universe, add-an-actual-plot. Completely. No. It's it's John Wick handing everyone their ass and just shooting everything. There There is, there is <laughs> materially nothing that different between those two movies. Now, I say that. So as you're... Uh, okay, okay, okay. So I've you're taking... I've watched John Wick Chapter 2 at least four or five times. I love it. It's great. It's better than but... Mission Impossible Fallout. Easily. No. No. Oh, man. No. What, what about your favorite? It's not what, better than okay. the first one. Are, okay. It's okay. not better than the first John I actually think I prefer John Wick 2 to John Wick 1, but we're not getting They're both perfect movies. That's fine. What about, I mean, you're the guy who all those years ago told me, Bob, you need to start watching the Fast and Furious movies. These things are getting great. They, a, they really got something here. It's with Fast Five. All right, so you think Fallout is Fast Five good? I, th- I think I think it's it's on that level. And I say you're crazy. It's nowhere near Fast Five good. It's, it is it is on that level. Um, I don't think it's Furious Seven good. No, it's better than Furious Seven. They, if you want to talk about crazy stunt sequences, and again, I don't care if they're real or not. How they look on screen is all that matters to me. That scene where they have to parachute the cars down into the woods on the hillside and they have the chase on the hillside in Fury 7 is better than any action sequence in Fallout. Period. Full yeah. stop. It yeah. is. Yeah. And I, look, I, I love that movie. I love all of those movies, but no. All right. It's not as good. Okay, look, it's not as good as Fury Road. I know that's what you're building up to. Also, you always hedge your bets by saying American action movie, which technically Fury Road is not. Right. And it's done within the American studio system, so that's kind of what I consider it to be. Of course it's not as good as Fury Road. I, the, even the people that were saying, anybody that brings up Mission Impossible Fallout and Mad Max Fury Road in the same sentence should be smacked upside the head. Flat out smacked upside the head. It's This isn't even in the same league as Fury Road. I don't even think that's worth discussing. 
No, I mean, I mean, in some ways, it's hard to compare them because they're both going for different things. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, now the practicality of the action can be compared, but in terms of like movies and like what they're doing, it's Um, a little different. Jack Reacher, I think, is better. Baby Driver, no. don't you don't you have an autographed Baby Driver poster? I do have an autographed house? Baby Driver poster. What do you take in between Fallout and Baby Driver? I I would watch Fallout uh, before Baby Driver, and I love it. I uh, Baby Driver is great. There, you know, it's Baby Driver is fresh and it's fun. It's breezy, uh, but no, I, I think I think Fallout's the better action picture. <sighs> I think Atomic Blonde's a better movie. And with that, we're going to call this a podcast. Oh, my God. Stuart, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. No, 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 no. We need to talk about who directs this next. All right. So what are the odds Macquarie comes back? Um, I'm actually putting it at 50-50 right now. I'm going to put it at 60-40 he comes back. I'm going to go 65-35 he comes back. I think it's more likely than not. But I won't be shocked if he doesn't. Okay, so if he doesn't... Who do you want then? Who who should be directing uh, the next mission? To Bob? me, for me, there there are two options here. There are two two directors that I would love uh, to see tackle this. Uh, I either want uh, Denny Villeneuve, uh, mm. you know, Sicario. I uh, know, I know Villeneuve. Yeah, uh, yeah. Blade Runner twenty four nine. Fantastic director. Or um, Gareth Evans, the guy you know from the Raid films. Excellent choice. Gareth Evans should be working more, period. Yes, agree. Well, he's got a Netflix movie coming out. Oh, uh, really? What's that called? Uh, it's called The Apostle, I think. Ooh, it's, well, like a, it's like a, it's like a dark spiritual horror movie. Ooh, I'm with excited. Da- with, uh, with Dan Stevens. Excited. He com- he compares it like in tone and feel and all that to, uh, the original Wicker Man and then like, uh, Ken Russell's The Devils. I almost so, uh, But yeah, Gareth, Gareth Evans, my god. Give me give me a Gareth Evans uh Mission Impossible. Evans is a good choice. Villeneuve is interesting because Villeneuve. I don't I mean he's not I mean he kind of makes these heady slow-moving science fiction movies and stuff. But and then see, I, that's what, But that's the Mission what... Impossible saga just did kind of start with the Palma where you take someone who's not known for directing action movies and then have them direct a big franchise action movie. And that's why I think he would be really interesting. He would bring that kind of cerebral quality that we haven't really had since that, uh, since the first one, since the De Palma one. You know, so I, I mean, it's because there, there's only so many, I mean, until Tom Cruise straps himself to the side of a rocket and gets shot out into orbit, I mean, I don't really know what else you can do in terms of these massive, Stunts, you know, so take, you know, yeah. drag it back uh, several notches. Well, which is what they need, obviously, by what I've been saying for the last 40 minutes, that is what they need to do, um, I think. I mean, and I, I think, I oh. think that Mission Impossible 8, that's what's going to happen. Like, we're going to have one more massive blowout. Tom Cruise is out of his bleeding mind uh, to just kind of cap off the whole thing. And then they do a soft reboot. Uh, where like Hunt is now the head of the IMF, right? Where he uh, becomes and Jim and, Phelps. Yeah, yeah, and he sends out he sends out a whole new team. There are, I mean, I don't know. Every time we talk about who we want to direct an action movie, it's like always the same thing: one of the John Wick guys or Justin Lin. And <laughs> that's what I'm always saying. I'll get Chad Stahelski or Justin Lin, and quite frankly, either of them would work for this saga. Or the other, who's the other John Wick guy? 
Um, uh, David Letch. Yeah, or David Letch. Uh, but those are just the easy. Tom Cruise likes working with people he's worked with before. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow was who? Did Doug Lyman direct Edge Doug of Tomorrow? Doug Lyman, yeah. I mean, that would that would be a huge. I wouldn't be shocked if Doug he Lyman either, comes he either he either works with one. people he's worked before or he like pulls people up that uh, that don't get a whole lot of recognition. All right. So. so... I mean, whatever. If he brings, I like Macquarie a lot. This is, I liked his. Last I mean, he's, he he has made solid decisions as to, you know, who yes. should direct this thing. So right. I mean, who, and, whoever he picks will be a good fit. I'm sure. And, and I mean, not only that, despite what I think, Fallout is well loved by many people. It's making a ton of money. Well, I mean, he's, I it's, mean, it's good for the. Macquarie understands at a base level what what makes these movies work, and the his series is going to be healthy as long as he's in charge. Cruz is basically a co-director at this point anyway. Like if you right. watch any, if you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff, I mean, he's basically directing, uh, directing alongside whoever the actual director is. So. All right. So that's, that's our thoughts on Mission Impossible Fallout, a goodish movie that I didn't like quite as much as Stu, but I, you know what, Stu, we can both agree that the Mission Impossible franchise is, continues to be one of the best and maybe the most underrated action franchise going at correct? the very least it's one of the most consistent Absolutely. at this point agree with that let's end on a hug <laughs> uh if you would like to listen to our past Dying pod- fire bob <laughs> if you want to listen to our past past episodes of the cult spark podcast you can find us on apple Podcasts, or you can pick up the podcast feed at our website um i also think we're on google now i'm actually we're still working on getting our podcast up at a few other services so oh nice if you, if you use a podcasting uh, app that's not apple do a search for us. Keep a lookout for us. Let me know where you think we need to be. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at CultSpark. You can find me at Robert B. Taylor. You can find Stu at StuBeDoo. We're also on Facebook. Give us your likes. Give us your loves. Give us your clicks. Give us your reviews. And we'll keep churning out as much content as we can. We've given you two podcasts in about an eight-day stretch, but we're getting to sort of the dog days of summer now. So I'm not sure what the next topic or film we will tackle is. But rest assured, Stu will be back before too long to yap in your ear and fight about movies and other entertainments of the cult and geek varieties, which is what we do here at Cult Spark. Thanks for listening and catch you all next time.